Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Welcome to episode 102, yeah, we're in triple digits now, of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, as always, Michael Rothstein. This episode brought to you by Farrah One, Sunday Ticket, and Bet Online. Thanks, as always, to my sponsors, and we'll get to their ads throughout the show. Lions were again back at practice. Instead of it raining, it was incredibly hot out to where the Lions actually had another water break cooling tent break that was placed into practice in the middle of the workout by Matt Patricia as he's trying to take care of his players, make sure that they stay hydrated and stay cool. But this was, I don't know, for whatever reason, this practice didn't seem as crisp, didn't seem as upbeat as some of the other ones that I've watched so far over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't know why it felt like that. Maybe it was the heat. Maybe it was the rain yesterday. Maybe it was uh, everything else that's going on in the world this week, but just kind of felt like that a little bit. Uh, one quick clerical thing before we get into the observations for today. The last practice that I believe we're going to be able to watch fully is, I believe, Saturday's workout. So that means starting next week, we're going to go into more of our Typical podcasts, what podcasts might look like during the week instead of just rolling through observations every day. That means more guests. That means more analysis. That means maybe some more fun stuff as well. So if there's anybody you want to hear from, just let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Instagram. And you should be able to find me. And let me know who you want me to work on. We've got some interesting guests hopefully lined up for next week. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to talking to some people about some football and some other stuff here as everything goes on. So to me, the standout player of practice, I don't even know if there honestly really was one. Tracy Walker once again played well, thought Jeff Okuda actually did okay in practice. He had a nice pass breakup, actually, on Quintez Cephas during a two-on-two wide receiver versus defensive back drill. But there was no one who really stood out, and I was like, wow, this guy absolutely is making play after play after play for me today, where I'm just like, yeah, for sure. Just uh, obviously a few guys sat out today, Bo Scarborough, DeAndre Swift, Deshaun Hand, all three of them sat out, as did Hunter Bryant, who's been out for a while now. 
Uh, Trey Flowers, I didn't see too much during individual drills. He was getting stretched out a little bit, and then he didn't really do a whole lot during practice the rest of the way. Also, Taylor Decker didn't do anything during team drills today. He was largely replaced by Tyrell Crosby at left tackle, as you would expect. But I don't think there's anything to worry about yet about Taylor Decker. Just might be very well a Veterans Day off. He's at a fantastic camp. He's been one of my standouts overall of training camp, especially on the offensive line. The other offensive lineman I want to mention here at the top is Big V Halvaitai. He left practice right out, almost at the end. Didn't see exactly what happened. It was on a run play near the goal line. Didn't see what he hurt. He just got up and was walking kind of slowly back toward the locker room almost immediately. A cart actually came by to see if he wanted a ride. He waved that off and then went into the locker room. So that's going to obviously be something worth monitoring as you know the Lions don't have a ton of depth at tackle. They paid Vitae a ton of money to be their starting right tackle over Tyrell Crosby and just you know, something that is going to probably be worth monitoring over the next few days. Hopefully it isn't serious for Vitae, because you never want to see guys get hurt in training camp, even though it happens, as we know, every year. So those are just kind of the injury things that took place. And right after the break, we will get into everything else that happened during practice here on Thursday, August 27th, as you'll listen to this on Friday. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays, they're back. Come back in the NFL. With NFL Sunday Ticket.tv, you can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFL Sunday Ticket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off of your subscription. Visit NFL Sunday Ticket.tv and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. And listen, you have tight muscles, tough workouts, you're getting older, kind of like me, you simply sometimes struggle to make it through every busy day. Everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products. They were started by Dr. Jason Worsland. TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. This is the guy who came up with Theragun, which is in NBA and NFL locker rooms all across this country. And Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, so he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products they're done right. A lot of CBD products will claim to be organic, but still contain up to 30%. Yeah, that's 30% filler. And these fillers, they're all potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the United States, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Now through Labor Day, which is Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products, but you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now, theragun.com slash bluewire. And now back to our show. Welcome back. So we're just going to take you through practice as we typically do. Watched mostly the tight end versus safety battles today in one-on-ones instead of the running backs versus the linebackers. Although 
Ty Johnson really got the best of Jared Davis on one rep. I know we've been kind of bagging on Davis a little bit for some of his play during camp, but as I mentioned in a prior podcast, he kind of just is what he is at this point. You know what you're getting from him, but you also know what he really can't do, and a lot of that comes in coverage. This wasn't a coverage drill so much as a blocking drill, of which Carrion Johnson also had a couple of nice reps and has been really showing strides there. And that's going to be critical for him and for the Lions, both with his own personal improvement and growth, but also for protecting Matthew Stafford this fall. But in that tight end and safety drill, it was a lot of tight ends winning. TJ Hawkinson had a couple of nice reps that he beat Tracy Walker on a rep. He beat J. Ron Curse on a rep, especially on the one that he beat J. Ron Curse. He beat him deep. Jesse James, I thought, had a couple of good reps, including an, a really impressive throw from David Blau to throw Jesse James open in a rep against Will Harris. Miles Killebrew did have a pass breakup towards the end of that session on Isaac Nada. And Matt Sokol, who I'm telling you right now, don't be shocked if Matt Sokol ends up making the Detroit Lions. Don't be surprised if he ends up being their third tight end. Hunter Bryan is hurt. Isaac Nott has been okay, not great. But Matt Sokol's really stood out to me day after day after day. It would be a long shot still because they've given some money to Bryant and they obviously used a draft pick on Nada. But every year, someone comes out of nowhere to make the Lions, whether that's a Darius Barnes or Kevin Strong. Like, Taylor Boggs a few years back. It just happens. It happens in almost every camp. And Matt Sokol might be the guy to watch on the Lions this year at a position that I think has a lot more um, flexibility to it at the number three tight end than than one would think. Uh, Drops have been a theme throughout today. It's really the first time I think in camp that it was really uh, noticeable throughout the day. Jesse James had a drop in this drill later on in the day. Quintez Cephas, I mean, he dropped a pass from Matthew Stafford that literally hit him right in the hands. It's a rare bad play from Cephas. Cephas did not have his best day on Thursday. He lost a couple of battles that were one-on-one battles in the air. And then, like I said, he dropped a very easy throw from Matthew Stafford that would have resulted in a first down normally. TJ Hawkinson also struggled with drops a little bit. He had one, maybe two drops, and also just seemed to struggle a little bit getting off and getting separation at different points, mostly during team drills. Also, interestingly enough, with Hawkinson, he did not participate in some of the goal line drills. Instead, he was off to the side catching passes with, I believe it was a coach. And it's not clear why TJ Hawkinson wasn't doing that. We're going to, I'll end up asking Matt Patricia about that here on Friday. But just it was curious to see, mostly because you wonder how much of that might be him working, still working his way back from the ankle injury last year, or the Lions just wanting to be cautious with him on goal line drills where guys can get rolled up on pretty easily, as we saw with Vitae today. And just why risk that on a guy who's coming back from an ankle injury, a guy who's going to be potentially so important in your offense? I, I can understand why maybe they would be more cautious with him. Much like I think they would too with Kenny Galladay in a similar or and Marvin Jones even in similar situations. Why why risk your guys at that point, especially if you know what they can already do? In the two on two wide receiver defensive back drill that I mentioned before, again it was a lot of offense winning. There was a bunch of stretches in a there was a stretch where the offense seemed to win a bunch in a row, but the defense actually 
did much better than they did the last time they ran this drill earlier this week. The combination of Desmond Trufant and Justin Coleman had a pass breakup. Jeff Okuda, as I mentioned, had a pass breakup. Tony McRae, yep, there's Tony McRae's name again. And along with Matt Sokol, that's another guy that really you should be looking at as possibly making this roster. Had a really good pass breakup and good coverage uh, on a rep where he was teamed with Amani Awarie and they were going against Victor Bolden and Jeremy Davis. Um, Awarie also had a really good pass breakup on Cephas. Like I talked about, Cephas didn't have the best day on what was the last rep of that, which forced the offense to do push-ups. But again, there were struggles from the defense as well. Okuda really struggled in a couple of reps. Jamal Agnew shined in some ways in this drill again. Showed that he has really good short route running that can really get open a little bit. I thought he had a couple of really, really sharp reps. Uh, one against a combination of Jeff Okuda and Daryl Roberts and another against, again, Jeff Okuda and Daryl Roberts. So he really did well against that combination. In team drills, as we've talked about, uh, no real changes other than Crosby is working at left tackle because Taylor Decker had the day off. Everything else on offense looked the same. Jonah Jackson was at right guard, Vitae at right tackle. Joe Dahl was back at left guard doing some work. The first team defense, Tracy Walker was kind of rotating with Will Harris. He did get more first team work. And Jeff Okuda rotated a bit with, oh, I believe it was with Awarie. It might have been Trufant a little bit as well. But he was rotating in as a cornerback with the first team, which leads you to believe they're starting to get a little bit more comfortable with him a week and a half in. If it were me, I would be giving him all of the number one reps at this point that I could if I'm really counting on him for week one against the Bears. But maybe this is a sign that they're going to take it a little bit easy with him and to get him acclimated maybe these first couple of weeks of the season. That's something that we've talked about on prior episodes, even before training camp, about how they might use Jeff Okuda. I still think push comes to shove. You're probably playing him more often than not. But don't be surprised, especially because Imani Awarie has had a pretty good camp, if you end up seeing a warrior in the game at least a little bit, maybe in place of Okuda, or maybe Okuda even would replace Trufant uh, at some point, or maybe a warrior would replace Trufant because just it'll be interesting what the machinations are there, but they do have what look to be three pretty good outside corners that, and that's been a problem for the Lions where other than Darius Slay for a while, you didn't really know what you were getting from that side opposite him. Now I think you kind of have a better idea when you're looking at Trufant and Awarie and Okuda. That's a, a pretty decent combination. Kevin Strong got a little bit of work with the first team defense uh, at defensive tackle. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him when it comes to making the roster. Uh, I'm not totally sure that they know yet. Now, some of that could have come because Deshaun Hand was out of practice again today. But maybe if Deshaun Hand's injury, which I didn't see happen on Wednesday, if that's indeed when it happened, has any sort of seriousness to it, maybe that's what puts Kevin Strong on the roster. Romeo Alquara has been working, but this also, again, could have been because of Trey Flowers. And it's possible Strong, too, was in because Trey Flowers didn't really work all that much today other than very briefly in individual drills so 
that Kevin Strong's getting some first-team work could be a sign that he's making the team. Another thing to note is that they were really kind of rotating a little bit Jelani Tavai and Jarrett Davis with the first-team and second-team. And that could end up being something to watch throughout the season, especially since Jerry Davis is in a contract year. They also believe very heavily in Jelani Tavai. And I think they also bring maybe different skill sets to the table. So it could be very situational as well. Uh, Second team offense is, again, because Crosby would generally be on this offense, but the offensive line was Matt Nelson and Dan Skipper at the tackles. Then you had uh, Kenny Wiggins working in a little bit, Odea Boucher. Logan Stenberg, and Bo Benchwell. Bo Benchwell, again, works as a second-team center. I don't know if he ends up making this team. To me, he's probably a practice squad candidate, at least for now. But they clearly are are looking at him maybe as somebody in the future because at some point I think they're not going to go back to the Wiggins-Abouche tandem, I guess, for maybe a third straight year next year. We'll see. Both of those guys are on one-year deals. So you have to think at some point they're working between – Jonah Jackson is doing what he's doing, but – you think maybe they're working Stenberg or even Benchwall in to maybe replace one or both of those guys in the future. Uh, in a goal line tackling drill, which was one of the drills that, like I said, TJ Hawkinson didn't really participate in. The one thing that stood out to me was Miles Killebrew forced a fumble on Nick Bodden. Fullback's going to be a battle to watch. At, right now, I think Jason Kambita is winning that battle and maybe winning it handily, but they did invest in bought in they have kept him on the roster the last couple of years despite injuries but that Kabinda has been getting a lot of work at fullback and some first team work as well is probably not the best sign for Nick Bodden and Jason Kabinda because he offers positional flexibility at fullback and at linebacker could be a guy that's worth keeping around so again that's something that's starting to slowly shake out here is we're a little over a week and a half in and more than halfway, well, more than halfway through the practices that the media are going to get to watch. They did do a decent amount of live punting. Uh, you saw punt returners were Huntley. Huntley bobbled one. So again, I don't know if the Lions are going to trust him right out of the gate when it comes to handling punt returns. You had Agnew back there and we all know what he can do. Uh, you had Amendola back there. That should be expected. Marvin Hall, again, that might be your, your speed option if Agnew were to get hurt. And uh, you also had Victor Bolden back there, but that to, Victor Bolden to me is maybe a long shot to make this team. I still don't know what they're going to do with Jack Fox and Aaron Sipos. It's really, really difficult to figure that out at this point because the live reps are decent and you can tell stuff from them but from our vantage point we can't tell distance and can't tell time of necessarily from snap to to punt because we're kind of blocked from where the snap is and the last thing is there's no pressure I mean there's pressure internally but there's not like that preseason pressure where you can really sense how if a guy can handle it or not and I think that that's going to make it really really difficult for them to make a decision both of the punters, I think, have had some really, really good kicks and some not good kicks. To, based off of a naked eye observation, it looks like Fox might have the stronger legs. Sipos might have the more more control as far as where he can put it. Um, neither one of those things surprised me based off of their histories. Um, and again, and this is a tough thing to gauge too because you've got two long snappers, so it's not coming from the same long snapper, but you've got Don Muehlbach and Steven Wordle. And here's another thing to think about too when it comes to special teams. 
I still think Don Mulebach makes this team, by the way, but Stephen Wordle has looked like he is snapping the ball faster and more on target. Now, we don't know that for sure because we haven't talked to Braden Coombs in a while. I expect to talk to him in the ne- hopefully in the next few days. And Don Mulebach and Stephen Wordle haven't talked, and no specialists have actually talked at all throughout camp except for Matt Prater. So it's tough to tell whether Mulebach is still Don Mulebach or if he's lost a little bit. And I'm not qualified to really judge long snapping, just not something that I can do with any sort of accuracy other than when really bad mistakes happen. So I can't really give a qualified opinion on it, but Stephen Wardle has looked to the naked eye like he's every bit of a, a really, really good long snapper. Um, as far as holding, it looks like most of the missed field goals Matt Prater has made during camp have come when Sipos has been the holder, and maybe that ends up being a tiebreaker. I, I don't know the answer to that question. I, I would imagine that that plays a role, but not a hugely significant role in what happens, because I'd also think that Sipos has maybe more athleticism than Fox because of his AFL background. So, again, I don't know what to make of the punting battle, and hoping that maybe I'll talk to both of these guys before... Um, camp ends here or at least talk to Coombs again to get an idea of really how he looks at it and what he looks for. It was a heavy special teams practice. There were two live punching periods uh, that, and there was a decently long field goal period as well. So they were really focusing on that today, which maybe, as I was talking about the pace of practice a little bit, maybe that's why, because it, special teams periods are usually shorter and they only encompass half of the roster as your, a lot of your top-end players aren't participating in special teams. So that's something to consider too. Uh, offensive versus defensive line, they did their, as they always do, their individual drills. Um, thought, you know, of the, of the offensive linemen, there wasn't a guy that stood out other than Frank Ragnow. Frank Ragnow, I don't know if he has lost a rep by my count all camp. If he has, he either missed it or it was one. Otherwise, he's looked dominant. He continually stands up whoever their defensive tackles are that come in. Now, maybe that says more about the Lions' defensive tackles than the than Frank Ragnow, but the way you saw Frank Ragnow playing, especially towards the end of last season, he was the Lions' best lineman. And not only that, he, I think, is trending upwards and could end up being a pro bowler. Who knows, maybe even this year, if the Lions play well on offense, so that's something I think to really be excited about if you are the Lions because Taylor Decker has had a really, really good camp. Frank Ragnow has had a fantastic camp. Jonah Jackson, the rookie, has not looked all that much like a rookie. He's continually winning reps in individuals. He doesn't look out of place in team drills. He beat Nick Williams on an individual rep today. So it looks like they're putting things together, obviously. And Joe Dahl is is what every NFL team needs. He's an average to slightly above average NFL player that that is serviceable for you and can play. And and every good NFL team has those guys that play important roles. And Joe Dahl really fits in there. He wins reps individually. He's not going to cost you too badly on the field. And, and that's good. And then obviously right tackle. We'll see what happens with Vitae. I have not been overly impressed with Vitae throughout this camp. Crosby, in some ways, I I do wonder, again, I'm not an expert on offensive line play, but I do wonder if he's maybe had a little bit of a better camp than Vitae. It seems like I notice Crosby a lot less when he's in with the first team especially, but that could also be a much smaller sample size. Just, again, something to, to really, really watch maybe 
I listen, Vitae has a job, right, at right tackle. I think we all know that as long as he's healthy. But I'll be curious to see what happens if he's not and whether they just hand that job to Tyrell Crosby, who, if you asked me a year ago at this time, I said would have potentially been the starter in 2021 at right tackle if they let go of Rick Wagner, but then they signed Vitae instead. While all that was going on, there was one nice play over in 7-on-7 where Jeremy Davis, who me I think is a long shot at this point to make the roster based off of how other receivers have played but he had a heck of a grab on a pass from Chase Daniel over D Virgin it was a jumping catch in the end zone it was just really really impressive overall and that really in a lot of ways hits on what I think happened a lot in practice Matt Prater Struggled a little bit with field goals, but again, I, I do wonder if that's the hold snap combination and not Prater. It's Prater himself. He had a couple of misses that are uncharacteristic for him, and I wouldn't be too worried about that, though. I mean, Matt Prater's still one of the best in the game, and after every miss, the next two were right down the middle and really, really deep, very much clearing uh, whatever the yardage was. It looked like it might have been a 40, might have been. 40 to 45 yard field goals and and he was as you would expect clearing it with ease so that is basically what happened at practice on Thursday they'll be back out there again on Friday they're going to practice as of now Friday and Saturday before they're supposed to I think have an off day on Sunday and then that's the end of us being able to watch camp as I mentioned before want to thank as always my sponsors NFL Sunday Ticket Bet Online and Thera One. I want to thank Regents Field and Blue Wire for hosting these podcasts. And you can follow me on Facebook on Mike, at Michael Rothstein Journalist, on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein. And we will chat with you again tomorrow. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold. And our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. Major League Baseball season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports and remember the casino, it never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag, use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.